Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. I would have given up, except that I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, upon the Lord. Psalms chapter 27, verse 13 and 14. Oh, that dreaded season of waiting, how we hate it, yet how we eventually grow so deeply to appreciate it. You see, God will often give you a promise, a destination, a land to be taken, and an inheritance in his kingdom. And for it, we thank him, then immediately start trying to figure out ways to take it or make it happen, while all the while he is saying, wait for it. Oh, if we could learn what David mastered, the art of waiting on the Lord. However, we often have to learn it the same way that he did in a cave or wilderness season where the promise seems to be taken and thrown a million miles away. He was promised kingship, but he got a wilderness. Joseph was promised lordship, but he got a prison. Abraham was promised fruitfulness, but he got barrenness. Because you see that the faith for the promise is always tested in the waiting. But it's more than just that. Because that there are three main things that can only be accomplished in the waiting. Because it takes time for fruit to ripen. These three things are lessons, maturing, and healing. Jesus said that unless we produce good fruit, we won't see the kingdom. So in the end, everything you go through is about producing good fruit in you because the fruit contains the seed which is the reproduction of the tree. And if you don't produce good fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, then you will end up reproducing trees, which represent people, that produce bad fruit, which are the fruits of the flesh, who will continue to reproduce it in others. And we know that Jesus said that every tree that produces not good fruit will be cut down, and cast into the fire, which represents hell. So it is that the waiting is where you patiently learn to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, sometimes through mistakes and sometimes through victories. It's where we learn the hard lessons that are best learned when no one is looking, rather than when we are trying to lead others ahead of our season. It's where we are purged, pruned, and learn in the seeking. It's where we also see the damage caused when we fail to do so. It's where we learn to follow his leading to the smallest degree and the importance of it through the lens of eternity. Jesus tells us in John chapter 10 verse 27 that my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So looking back at Jesus's analogy of the tree producing good fruit, then we have to understand that the Holy Spirit is the good root of the good tree. And if we are connected to a holy root, then we will produce holy fruit. 
which is a holy character, which can then be fit to carry the seed or word to be planted in new ground, people, and places. This spiritually fulfills the first commission given to man in the garden to be fruitful and multiply and to subdue the land. This is also why Jesus said that the only way to know what root or spirit a person is led by is to examine the fruit or character because that there are many wolves in sheep's clothing, professing but not being, who on the outside might have a form of godliness but on the inside deny the power thereof. On the outside they might be whitewashed and have on a woolly cloak but on the inside they are dry, an open sepulchre full of dead men's bones, which will produce nothing but death and the fruits of the flesh. Therefore, if someone is led of a holy root, which is the Holy Spirit, then they will produce holy fruit, selfless righteousness, godly character, and the fruits of the Spirit given to us in Galatians. But if you are being led of an unholy root, or an unholy, unclean spirit, then they will produce unholy or bad fruit, which are the fruits of the flesh. There is no other evidence to determine that a man is being led of the Holy Spirit than of holiness. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 9 we read this, Now the works of the flesh are manifested, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envyings, murder, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. You see, my friend, it is in this time of waiting that we learn how to get connected to Jesus and draw from that holy root. We also learn the lessons and tactics of the enemy that will one day be used to lead others away from the fake and into the truth. Because that we took the time to get to know the truth by getting to know the one who is the truth and is the only way to obtain the truth, the very spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 16, verse 13, we read, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he shall show you things to come. Oh, how when we receive the seeds of truth, we seem to immediately believe that we are ready to be used. But fruits are not produced in the same season that the seed is planted. There is maturing that must come in the waiting. Yes, there will be growth. But in the early years of a tree, most of its growth is underground in the unseen. 
It has to gain some reach and stability. It needs a steady access to the deep waters to sustain it in the seasons that are coming. Yes, there are things that he will call you to do in order to teach you and to stretch you. But be more willing to dig your roots down deep, even if no one sees your growth, than to stand tall and reach high. Or the first big storm that comes will knock you down. Or worse yet, your fruit will come, and not having deep roots, it will be small, dry, and empty, and unable to feed those who come to receive of it. I think that maturity comes when we finally grow to see ourselves as we really are rather than the way that we think we are. And that brings a humbling, a changing, a breaking, a mercy, a gratefulness, a compassion, and a selflessness. So grow deep, grow strong, grow humility, grow in the word, and in obedience, grow in maturity. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11 says, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly. But then we shall see face to face. Now I know only in part. But then shall I know even as also I am known. Yet perhaps maybe the most important reason for the season of waiting is to heal you from the wounds of the enemy that would cause you to hurt those who have nothing to do with your wound. Like a wounded dog, when we have unhealed hurts, we tend to snap at those who touch it, even if they are only trying to help us to mend it. I've heard it said that if you don't heal from what hurt you, you'll end up bleeding on people. Who never cut you. In other words, be willing to sit in the wilderness until God heals you of the wounds of Egypt or you'll end up poisoning your promise. God won't go with those who carry bitterness, unbelief, disappointment, or offense. Those are the fruits of the flesh, not of the Holy Spirit. They must be pruned, cut away, and healed. It's like a blight on a tree that, if not cut off, can spread to poison the whole thing, making its fruit toxic to those who eat it, and can even spread from it to other trees around it. This is serious, my friend. You cannot carry both of those fruits into his presence. He won't share his glory with another. You only get to carry one or the other. Exodus chapter 33, 15 says, And Moses said unto the Lord, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not forth up hence to this promised land. O God, we would rather sit with you in the wilderness than move on to promise without your presence, without your anointing, without your Holy Spirit, without Jesus, his healing, his deliverance, his forgiveness. My friend, Jesus can heal all wounds, but often it takes some time to do it. So if he's still saying, wait, obey, and ask him to show you what it is that you need to let go of, who do you need to forgive, what do you need to be healed from, is there any besetting 
sin. And when he shows you it, repent and give it to him. You have to let him do this to you who are the tree so that he can then do it through you, which is the fruit and the seed to help set others free. Verse 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. He wants to use you, but first he's got to take you through it yourself. So I think now you're probably starting to get it. That you can't teach what you don't understand. And to truly understand, you must experience it. You can't pour out what hasn't been poured in. No man can teach more than what he himself has experienced. This is why the scripture tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, which is what we have lived. Our experience proves the power of what Jesus spoke and did when we live by faith in it, being changed by it, then telling others about it while making ourselves an example of it, a living sacrifice. When you finally understand this, You come to truly, deeply cherish and appreciate the time of waiting where he so graciously does all of it. So now that you better understand, you won't be so disappointed when you hear that word, wait. But what are you supposed to do while you wait? In the time of learning, do what waiters do. Serve. In the time of maturing, pray to be made more like him. After all, the fruits of the Spirit that you are maturing to exhibit are actually the character of Jesus. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith, and self-control. 1 John chapter 4 verse 16 says, And we have known and believed the love that God hath toward us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because that as he is, so are we in this present world. In the time of healing, learn the tactics of the enemy, that they may never get past your defenses again. Grow in humility and compassion. Pray for those who are still bound by them. This is your season of overcoming, and those who overcome rule that which has been overcome. New authority is given, as your deliverance will become others' deliverance. So humble and let go of the hurt which we blame men for, that you might pick up your sword and dethrone the one who really caused it, and free others from the torment of Satan, the accuser of the brethren. This is the last lesson to be learned in the season of waiting. Revelations 3 chapter 21 says, To him that overcome will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord saith unto the churches. 
My friend, I assure you of this, that all the greats of Scripture waited on the Lord, both daily in prayer and over the long haul for their promise. Waiting is trust demonstrated. The waiting tests and proves faith in a way that others can see and believe and have faith and patience themselves to achieve the same rewards as those who have endured before them. Like an Olympic runner, who though we only see him run for a few seconds, then receive his reward, we know that the reward does not actually reflect the value only of those few seconds of glorious running. But rather, it reflects the years of tireless pressing, discipline, training, and sacrifice that it took to get them to the point of being ready to run that 30-second race. We see this exemplified in John the Baptist, who spent 30 years in the lowest wilderness on earth preparing for a ministry that only lasted about six months. But it made it into the eternal record books of heaven as one of the best races of faith ever run by man by Jesus' own admission. Therefore, he has a great reward laid up for him, yet we only see his final 30-second race and think that that's all the reward is for. No, the reward comes to those who endure, not just the final push where everything in you is poured out, but the seasons that get you to it and prepare you for it, where all that will be poured out is first poured in. The mistakes, the lessons, the cleansing, the breaking, the humbling, the healing, the surrender, the changing, the preparing, the maturing, the consecration. It all happens in the season of waiting. Oh, how so many are robbed of so much by the sin of impatience. Psalms chapter 37 verse 34 says this, Wait on the Lord and keep his way and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. For Galatians chapter 6 verse 8 says that he who soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Therefore let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we do not quit. My friend, have patience. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.